Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Lake Kick is Live. It is Tuesday night, October 4th, the year of our Lord 2022, proudly presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors, a college football show that just kind of dares to discuss college football. I think it could work. Dare I say it has worked. We're jam-packed. We're high atop and energetic downtown Nashville, Tennessee. We've got full week six previews and predictions tonight, a number of games to go over. I got a new JP poll. I have already braced for violence in the comment section. Of course, we've got added best bets tonight. I got a big announcement to make mere moments from now. We're actually going to kick the show off with it. They're watching us in, among other places, West Jordan, Utah, Forsyth, Georgia. Could be west, north, east, south. They got every direction covered in the high school scene in Forsyth. West Lafayette, Indiana, ironically, also tuned in. And uh, Laramie, Wyoming. We got to check in from Laramie. So thank you guys, wherever you're watching or listening. At Lake Kick Josh, really important to be on the socials. Instagram, Twitter, really important to be on there. A lot of, a lot of fun to be had this time of year. This Thursday, and I'm going to be very, very guarded in how I make this announcement. This is not the big announcement. This Thursday, we will do this show live from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. That much I've already shared with you. Paper pop time. For the first time, I'm going to announce that the show's going to be open to the public. That's the second portion. Here's the third mystery portion. I'm not going to tell you where it's going to be yet. But it's going to be in a place where every one of you will have access to, at least if you're in the greater 205 Tuscaloosa area. I think that's the area code there. Uh, I will let you know sometime Thursday. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, at Lake Kick Josh. I'll let you know where we're going to be. I got a major announcement to make that um, as a guy who doesn't even celebrate his own birthday, I'm not going to spend too long on. But I do want to let you know, because I kind of left you in a lurch a few months ago, you and I, I think have always known what this show is. Even back to our independent days in Columbus, GA, back in the broom closet, you and I always knew what this show was. Now, it took a while to get management on board, both at that level and at this level. And it's not their fault, it just takes a proof of concept sometimes. When you're writing the kind of checks these folks have to write to back these things financially, 
you don't want to take a bunch of risk on something that's unproven from the independent content creation world. So I don't blame them. I'm just saying it took us a while to develop a rapport to the degree that we were able to get people at this level on board. And I've told this story many times before, but the immense amount of respect I have for Shannon Terry is because he didn't have proof of concept. When he hired me here two and a half years ago, it's easy once you have proof. It's easy to buy into something you can see. He hadn't seen it yet. And he came down to Columbus and gave me an opportunity here. And he doesn't work, I don't work for him anymore. But man, I owe everything to the opportunity that he gave me here. And once we got here, never had a doubt because I knew it had already worked and I knew you guys would follow. So over the last six months, here's what's been happening in my life. I've been negotiating with this company six months ago. I told them exactly what we needed to make this show everything it could possibly be. For the past six months, we have ironed out and hammered out every possible detail. We had offers to move this show to a number of different, very, very big platforms. This morning, I finalized a deal with CBS and 24-7 to keep this show here, to keep myself here. It is a big deal. It is a life-changing deal for me. It is a life-changing deal for some people associated with this show. Most importantly, it's a big deal for every one of us because it ensures that we get yeses to everything that I asked for. And the main thing I asked for behind the scenes were the things that were gonna be necessary to keep this show exactly how we wanted it. Because the biggest fear you have is as our audience scales, as it has rapidly, you get a bunch of new cooks in the kitchen and you get people who didn't have much to do with the creative control and creation of your product that wanna have say so. We got full control of this thing. You've seen a lot of bells and whistles that have been added. You've seen us able to open our own store. You see what we're able to do on Saturdays. You see that we're able to take the show on the road. A lot of things that enhance the product, nothing that deteriorates or takes away from the integrity of the product we built. I have immense amounts of pride in this because for every other thing I may have been unsure about in life back in 2015, I could see this so clearly. I saw the industry changing. I saw the inflection point, sort of that tearing down of a Berlin wall. When you could go live on these platforms, that opened the door to so many people. When overhead and distribution were no longer barriers that stood between people like me and the ability one day to access this, it was a game changer. And we made it happen. I say we very, very purposefully because you guys made it such that CBS couldn't say no. You made it such that when we've gone on the road, we get treated equal to the legacy established major media brands. I want you to think about what I just said. We started a YouTube show. And when I go to Tennessee, when I go to Michigan, when I go to LSU this Saturday, we are welcomed and we are treated with the kinds of respect that other national media entities that existed long before I was born are treated with. That was impossible five years ago. It was impossible four or three years ago. And it changed because of you. It means nothing if I talk into this mic if you guys don't buy it. And you've bought into it. Of course, it's free thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors. But I appreciate it so much. It's a big deal for me. But the thing I'm most proud about is it means something to other people. And I know, because we have the platform, that someone's going to have their life changed. That's why I'm so open about this story. I tell you all the time. Worked in a fabric warehouse down in Columbus, Georgia. Terrible work, backbreaking work, hated it, needed it, but hated it. But I had someone tell me a long time ago, and they ended up being dead on the money. There is a career to be had at your intersection of talent and passion. 
Every one of you got a set of talents. Every one of you have passions. There is an intersection and there is a career there. And if the job doesn't exist, just make it. Just create it yourself. It works. I'm a living tribute to the fact that that works. And so as much as I'm proud of what we get to do here, and we continue to get to take this show just to greater heights, and we get to grow the brand and do a lot of fun stuff. And I thank CBS immensely and 24-7 immensely for giving us that. Man, we get to be exactly what we want to be. I started this show several years ago because I'm just like you. I looked around at the places I used to go for my college football coverage, and it sucked. It was gone. It had evaporated, or it had transformed and morphed into something I didn't recognize anymore. Uh, the only difference is I thought I had a God-given ability to maybe fill the void myself. So we have. And we've built a massively successful show now that we get to have fun with and we get to call our own. And when I say our own, I mean ownership. We get to call it our own. So we're going to continue to serve you guys and ultimately we'll serve the sport. We'll serve college football. Imagine that, a college football show looking out for the best interest of the sport. So thank you for that. We're going to be here for quite a while. Thank you for that. You made that possible. All right, let's dive into week six college football. We're going to make history this week. We're going to be in two places this Saturday. We had the opportunity last year, and I fumbled it spectacularly. It was this very week, actually, last year. Uh, so we will not be fooled again. We will be at Tennessee LSU for the first leg this Saturday of the Every Given Saturday Tour. The last three matchups in this series have been decided in Tiger Stadium on the final play. Now, they played a couple of games in Neyland most recently. Last time Tennessee went down there was 2010. And wow, kids, if you don't remember that matchup, I strongly encourage you. You Fast forward to the end. Just watch the final, what would you say, Jesse, about 20 seconds of the game. It feels like you watched a whole movie. Crazy. Just unimagined, unimaginative drama. This thing has been close. The point spread in this one is close. Tennessee is favored by three. What do we make of this? See, a lot of you struck in your chins already. What do you make of this? Well, I, I look at it, and if you want to know what my path to an LSU win is, I got a couple of things they need to have transpired. They need to make Tennessee wobbly. They need to make that offense wobbly. If you just allow them to get going, obviously, uh, that's a team that could embarrass you. They look like they were on their way to embarrassing Florida a few weeks ago. So I think LSU has to neutralize tempo. They have not dealt with a team that runs the amount of plays per minute, plays per game that Tennessee does. Now, obviously, if you can neutralize that, if you get them off the field and defensively you win third down, that greatly alleviates the strain it's going to put on you third and fourth quarter. It's so easy. I can tell you, I just did it. It's easy to say that behind a microphone. It's a lot different, especially when they've got a week's rest to get ready for you. Number two is you got to stand up in the red zone. Now, I got some stats for you. Stats and info tells me LSU is number one in red zone defense in the SEC. That's the good news for the Tigers. Here's the bad news. You got a group coming into town that is number one in the red zone in offense in the SEC. So uh, I believe Meemaw would say at this point something has to give and something will give. The fun of it is we don't know yet. That's why we're going to tune in Saturday. And the third thing that I think would greatly behoove the LSU Bayou Bengals is make turnovers a factor. Why don't you? LSU. Defense, number one in the SEC in turnovers forced. Conversely, the other team hadn't had to worry about it at all. Hendon Hooker has zero interceptions his last 212 passes. So you see basically an offense in Tennessee that's been humming along really well. And you see a defense in LSU that has shown the capability to do the things 
that it would take to trip Tennessee up. It just doesn't happen Saturday. It's a couple of bounces. It's a couple of third and shorts. That, that kind of stuff decides these sorts of games. Why is the line so close, though? I, I think a lot of people looked at this and thought Tennessee would be favored by a touchdown. I never really expected that, but I know why you feel that way. And it's, it's the Xboxing of America. It's the highlightening of America. I know that second one's not a word. I doubt the first one's a word. But when you think of prolific offensive teams, your mind thinks in terms of highlights. So it's very easy when you think, okay, Tennessee at LSU. You get a picture in your mind of a guy in orange and white or white and orange. They're, they're wearing the smoky grays this Saturday. I'm not a fan. I don't know how Colin feels about it. Let's just say the gray uniform. Yeah, Colin hates it too. You do away with the smoky grays. Anyway, the smoky gray uniform, you just picture a wide receiver streaking down the sideline. You, you, you picture a receiver catching one in the slot, taking it to the house 80 yards, because that's just the way the typical college football mind thinks about prolific offensive teams. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. But nevertheless, that's not the way to predict a game and the way that odds are made. That's not the way that they work necessarily. So why is the line so close? Well, if you look at the team profiles and the matchups and whatnot, games are decided by those. Games are decided by matchups. And the key matchup for LSU hosting Tennessee is Tennessee is 128th out of 131 teams in pass yards allowed per game. Translation, if you can throw the ball halfway decent, you got a shot at matching points at the very least, or at the most, if you can make them wobbly, you could turn the tables on them completely. Here is problem number two. LSU did not top 100 yards passing against Auburn last Saturday. So we see an obvious vulnerability in Tennessee's secondary. Do we have what it takes? If I'm LSU, do we have what it takes to expose that? We got home field. I'm going to talk about that in a second because there's, there's an edge that's being underlooked and overlooked here. Uh, I don't know if one's being underlooked. I mean, you know LSU's got home field. Let's talk about it right now. LSU's got home field advantage. That is an edge that's obvious. Even an 11 a.m. kickoff, I don't care. It's a, it's a tough place to go play. Tennessee certainly caught a break here. I think the timing of the game is, is pretty inexplicable. I can't say much more because I work for this network, but it, it kind of confused me when I saw the lineup too. Nevertheless, you know LSU's got home field advantage. That edge is going to be talked about. But there's another edge that I don't think is getting nearly as much run. What did LSU do last week? They were in a four-quarter rock fight against Auburn. They were down 17-0 at one point. They had to crawl over broken glass to win that game. And what was Tennessee doing? They had their feet propped up in Knoxville, Tennessee, just enjoying it all. And you know what it reeks of to me? It reeks of the Oklahoma State-Baylor game last week. Baylor goes to Iowa State, and they got a four-quarter fight. Oklahoma State just sits at home and rests. And so everyone knew that Baylor was home and they're hosting Oklahoma State. Uh, it was an error-prone Saturday for them. Meanwhile, the rested Oklahoma State just came in there and took care of business. And I wonder if that's not how this one plays out. I think this is a good time to take a look at what the model thinks. And the model looks at it and it sees Tennessee minus three on the Vegas odds. And it says, we'll do you two better. We'll make it Tennessee minus five. I do not think this is going to be a runaway for Tennessee. And I've got some close personal friends that disagree with me on that. But I do think that second factor that I just mentioned, I think it's going to matter in the second half. And, I'll and that's because of the pacing of Tennessee's offense 
and what LSU went through last week. The second thing is, I don't know if LSU is fully equipped to take advantage of the weakness in the Tennessee secondary. The reason that line is only at three is because that vulnerability is baked into that number. But if you can't take advantage of it, the line shouldn't be that low. I'm going to bank on the fact that Tennessee is equipped to do what they need to do down there. I don't know. Unless you're more aggressive, unless you play a different game than I've seen you play so far this year, I don't know that LSU offensively is fully ready to pounce on that. If they are, they can win the game outright. I'm going to play the odds, and I'm going to say Tennessee wins, and I'm going to say Tennessee covers, but I will tell you what the slam dunk is. We will have a lot of fun in Baton Rouge this Saturday. That I can assure you of. I got to, you know what? I didn't know. I didn't really think about it this way. We have another big announcement, and it involves these guys right here. Academy Sports and Outdoors. We gave you a new store in Lexington, Kentucky this past week. Okay? You're welcome. Our fine folks in Louisville probably sat there and said, what about us? Well, you waited one week, and I've taken care of you. That's how quickly we build these stores, one week. Jeffersonville, Indiana, right next to Louisville. It's close to Louisville. New Academy, opening up this weekend. Grand opening. Chalai of Supremacy will be on the line again. Any, well, not any of you. Ten of you, I will select randomly, ten of you who prove to me that you go to Jeffersonville, Indiana this weekend at any point near Louisville. So everyone in Louisville, get yourself to Jeffersonville, Indiana, if you can prove via any means necessary that you made it to the grand opening, you will be entered and ten of you are going to be sent Chalai of Supremacy. Those are not available for purchase. They can only be earned. And that is one way that you earn a Chalice of Supremacy. Academy Sports and Outdoors, as you look around, and these leaves start to change colors. And one more time, we got to do the daylight savings thing. Man, you need new things in your life. You need tents. You need canopies. You need grills. You need clothing. You need all kinds of accessories. You need to shop because Christmas, believe it or not, is right around the corner. Our Christmas is week one of college football. But sane people celebrate Christmas the week of December 25th. Academy's got everything you need. Academy.com, if you can't get there in person, has got everything you need. Thank you. Oh, man, thank you so much to Academy Sports and Outdoors. I mean, look, we're going to two games in one day Saturday. It's because of Academy that we can do these sorts of things, at least in part due to Academy. So thank you guys so much for that. Okay, Colin, I think it's a, it, it's a good time for me to do two things right now. I got to get the ceremonial pre-JP poll cough out of the way. Three, two, one. I have to get the other ceremonial Pre-JP poll, sip of, I forgot what I have in here tonight, I think espresso. We got to get that sip out of the way. I've got to tell you, because Jesse's harassing me in the prompter, which we use for one thing on this show, and that is for me to read these words. Remember to like the video and subscribe to the channel. We have five words in the teleprompter every show, and that's it. Um, we do want to do that. Okay, you know what? We're going to do one more game preview before Texas or before JP poll. And it is Texas OU. I'm a little depressed. I'm a little depressed. I thought we were going to be at Texas OU this Saturday. But those plans changed. Nevertheless, it is a big game. Texas, Oklahoma, Saturday, high noon Eastern time kickoff on ABC. You know how sometimes they say throw the records out the window? Our buddies over on Solid Verbal. I've always had a really fun soundbite with that. Throw the records out the window in this game. Well, you kind of do. In Texas OU, you kind of do. Now, I'm not saying the favorite doesn't normally win the game or anything like that. I am saying if you have an agnostic sports fan in your life, they don't necessarily 
know much about college football, but they love sports in general. If you don't tell them what the records are and you just show them this game Saturday, it will be wildly entertaining. This, w- this has every given Saturday written all over it, even though we're not taking the tour to the game. I was at this game last year. It blew my mind. Unbelievable. Bet, best, look at Lee Corso in the B-roll. Best atmosphere out there. So what I'm saying is this game exists on its own planet. Look how tense I am when I'm talking about it. I'm like a prisoner eating a sandwich. It exists on its own planet. And if you, just, if you forget for a second that there are a pair of two lost teams, big pride game here. Big pride game. I will, I will encourage you to do something that nobody else in our industry is going to encourage you to do this week. Forget about quarterback. Just forget about it. We think Quinn Ewers is going to start for Texas. We have no clue whether Dylan Gabriel is going to start for Oklahoma. My bet is he doesn't. But just, just do me a favor for a second. If you want to know how this game is actually going to be won, forget about quarterback for a second. I have some helpful stats. I have a guide for you here. Oklahoma defensively. Excuse me. Close your ears if you're an Oklahoma fan. Okay, welcome back to the rest of you. Oklahoma defensively. Yards per carry allowed, last in the Big 12. Rush yards allowed per game, last in the Big 12. Runs of 10-plus yards allowed, last in the Big 12. Rushing touchdowns allowed, guess where they are? Last in the Big 12. It's been a bad, bad time, as of late, to be a Sooner fan. Feels like just three weeks ago, because it was, that they splattered Nebraska all over Lincoln. And then things got real in a hurry when Big 12 play started. Bijan Robinson, Texas running back, is fully capable of doing what Max Duggan's doing here. Difference is he does not run with his fist clenched. Bijan Robinson runs like he's been in the open field before. And so he is second in the Big 12 right now in rush yards per game. If Bijan Robinson just plays his game Saturday, I would suggest to you that Texas need not throw the ball more than 15 times. They will, probably. They wouldn't need to. Uh, Last year, Texas got up big in this game. Uh, So there will be nothing taken for granted because Oklahoma just stormed back. Bijan Robinson has forced 46 missed tackles this year. Oklahoma missed 20 of them last week. So you see how the matchups quickly start to tilt the way of Texas, and it makes you understand that along with the potential second-string quarterback dynamic there for Oklahoma, why this line is all the way up to Texas minus seven. There's a way, though. I didn't say 27. I said seven. The spread is is a touchdown here. Far crazier things have and will happen this Saturday alone. Here's the path for Oklahoma. They have to hit explosive plays. It's the same way it always is in this game. Now, this is where quarterback very much does matter because it's a different game, probably, if Dylan Gabriel is not your starter. But Oklahoma as a team, they have the most plays of 20-plus yards. They have the most explosive plays in the Big 12. They have to answer on the ground, though. You're thinking about explosive plays, and your mind always goes to pass plays. No, it doesn't have to be that. Listen, I'm at this game last year, and I'm watching Oklahoma, and you know they have the scoreboard where they do the comparative stats, and they keep updating them. Bijan Robinson had a, an incredible run early in this game. So the, the early default is Texas is going to outrun Oklahoma. Oklahoma had a 339 to 128 rushing yardage edge by the end of this game last year. Oh, they're fully capable of running the ball. That's actually what they have to do. OU is 14th in the FBS in rushing offense. They're capable of it. And especially if there's any pride in that locker room, and this I can't account for, at least numerically. I can't quantify this part. 
If there's any pride, I would hope that we saw it last week answering the K-State loss. We didn't. But if there's any pride coming off back-to-back embarrassing losses, buddy, this is where it shows up. And all of a sudden, if there is pride in that locker room, and Oklahoma does start running the ball a little bit, and who knows, force a couple of turnovers, unlikely, but not impossible. But that's how you're watching this in the second half, and you're saying, how is this the same team that lost to TCU and lost to Kansas State? The answer will be it's not the same team. A, a, a team you get 12 versions of. And so the one you see this Saturday, once that game's over, you wad it up, you throw it in the bin, you're done with them. Point being, every given Saturday, you can get one of these results, and we will. So the last time OU lost three straight games, which they are in danger of doing right now, is 1998. Do we think history at least millennium-based history, is going to be made this Saturday in Dallas. What does the model think? What does Vegas think? You see that Texas is favored by seven. Uh, That is right in line with what we think. We've got Texas minus six and a half. Uh, No real feel on, obviously, a strong lean either way there. Here's where I'm going. I think that this will be competitive. I think that there will come a time where you start to see discernible edges for Texas, namely on the ground. And then I think that When Texas starts to bend this game their way in the second half, there will be the fresh memory of last year, and there will be no relenting. There will be no letting up, and I think Texas is going to end up stretching this and getting what's pretty rare here, and that's a double-digit win. I'm going to take Texas to win. I'm going to take Texas to cover, and you'll have a two-loss team winning the game here regardless. But if Texas is a two-loss team, but they were competitive against Bama early, and now they get their quarterback back that was injured in that game, and they beat OU, it's just an entirely new outlook on the season. You just, basically, you hit reset, and your odds to win the Big 12 going into this weekend are in order. Oak State, Kansas State, and Texas. Texas is still the third odds-on favorite to win the Big 12. Why is that? Only one of their losses is in conference. And it's, it's a very, very tightly compacted conference out there. So I'm taking Texas to win. Don't embarrass me. Please don't embarrass me. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, Now we're going to do the JP poll. I'm not doing 
the soliloquy, a word I hate in and of itself, at the beginning of this. By now, if you've been around, you know what this is and you know what it's not. And if you have forgotten, refresh your memory with the video I put out last week. But this is only meant to talk about our model and who it would favor over who. We have huge moves in the JP poll this week, huge moves. And the reason is not because we made huge adjustments, it's because as I told you, and I'll go ahead and tell you again, there is so narrow a gap between number four and number 25 in the country right now from, a, from an odds making power rating standpoint that just one little alteration, if I, if I adjust or deduct one and a quarter points from you, you could fall five or 10 spots. And that happened. In a lot of cases, that happened this week. So let's take a look. We're going to go through it really quick. 25 through 21. I think we have some, some big movers here. Uh, Kentucky's still there. Arkansas, actually, so let's go to 25 through 21 first. Yeah, Florida State, still top 25. You see this, you see this drop by Oklahoma. That is as big a drop as I think you will ever see in this kind of format. They dropped 16 spots from wherever they were to 24. We had them top 10. They're down at 24 now. Uh, we deducted, I think, 4.1 points from Oklahoma, which doesn't sound like much. That is a massive adjustment in one week. That bumped them down to 24th. LSU's 23rd. Uh, NC State's 22. Baylor's down at 21. And now we get into the top 20. And here's where I really want to start explaining things to you. Kentucky, they're pretty much unchanged. You see the result last week. We see two red zone trips and no points to show for it. The point is, if you extrapolate that a thousand times, they're probably winning that game more times than not. We don't adjust them. They're the same team we thought they were last week. Arkansas dropped five points or five spots to 19. That is a K.J. Jefferson Arkansas team. Quarterback K.J. Jefferson. We don't know if he's playing this Saturday. The smart money is on him not playing against Mississippi State. If you don't have K.J. Jefferson, we do not have Arkansas as a top 25 team. So just know before they even take the field Saturday, if it's announced that he's out, we don't, we don't back this. They are a, I don't even know where we have them. It's, it's somewhere closer to 30 than it is 19. So just keep that in mind. Notre Dame jumped up to 18. They play Brigham Young in Las Vegas this week. They're favored by three and a half. Cincinnati, still just lurking at 17. Question is, how high can they climb with a loss? They already got that Arkansas loss. Oregon jumped nine spots. Oregon, I think we adjusted them uh, two points maybe, or one and three quarter points, but that was good enough for them to jump nine spots. That's how tightly compacted this entire field is outside of the very, very top. All right, top 15 time. We've got Kansas State there. TCU made a monumental jump, as you would expect, because we've entered that time now where we've removed all the preseason settings, and, and the model is just totally baking in this year's results. And when you've got that Oklahoma game baked in like TCU does, you understand how it jumps you from being unranked all the way to 14th. Ole Miss, unchanged at 13th. Uh, Mississippi State climbed a couple of spots to 12. Same rating. This is, this is very, very minor adjustment. USC still at 11. Now, at this point, we had USC rated higher than the AP did. Now we're a little bit lower on them. We've just been consistent. The, the model keeps seeing what it expects to see from USC. So it's not going to bump them up or down just because they win or lose or whatever the case may be. Top 10 time. Texas is at 10. Texas has two losses. I explained this last week. I'll do it one more time. The only thing 
that this cares about is obviously who would be favored against who. This Texas, this version of Texas in this power rating is with Quinn Ewers. The model thinks that Texas is essentially an undefeated caliber team right now because it looks back and, and, and it thinks to itself, if they got Quinn Ewers the whole game, they may beat Bama. I think they beat Texas Tech. Point is, the caliber of team they are right this moment is the caliber they are with Quinn Ewers, and it is factoring that in. That's why it has them at 10 right now. Uh, Penn State is at nine. Dropped a couple spots. I, don't, I think that was other teams bumping up, like Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State rose from 12 to eight. They are now the number 18. Utah is still there. I'm going to talk about Utah in a little while. Pac-12 paid here. Utah at seven. Tennessee at number six. They, they fell, but they didn't even play. There was no adjustment there. All right, top five time. This is a big mover. Clemson, total readjustment, manual readjustment. Had to go in and manually adjust the quarterback rating we had on DJ Uyangalale. We were just too low on him. Uh, he has proven that he is an improved player. He has proven that he's a better quarterback this year. And we got Clemson in the top five again. There they are in familiar territory. Uh, the top four are unchanged, but there is a little adjustment in the point spread, so, or point totals. Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, Utah, four through one. Where is the gap? Right now, what did I say? What did I say, Jesse? Oh, Utah? Yeah, Utah's not the number one team, so let me restate it. Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, four through one. Right now, the model would have Bama minus one and a half against Ohio State. It would have Bama minus four against Georgia. It would have Bama minus 14 against Michigan. So the gap between three and four is 10 points. The gap between four and 25 is nine points. So there is a smaller gap between Georgia and Michigan than there is between Michigan and FSU, I guess, is our 25th team. Still a tier, but you see it shrunk a little bit from last week. So maybe slowly but surely, the pack is reeling the top end. Uh, none of these teams are invincible. Every one of them is vulnerable. I think Ohio State has a week coming up where, where they struggle a little bit. I'm not calling an upset. I'm just saying this, this thing you saw Georgia do at, at Missouri this past week, it happened for a specific reason, and that is Georgia lacks currently the explosive playmakers to stretch those games. Ohio State could randomly have one of those games. Uh, Bama lost a quarterback for over a half last week. All kinds of crazy stuff can happen. So there's your top 10 there. Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, Tennessee, Utah, Oklahoma State, Penn State, and Texas. Something tells me something there will change by this time next week. I just gave a nickname to myself because no one else will give it to me. Pac-12 Pate. I'm going to mention it at least once more because I just, I know that it wrangles some of you and you know how rarely I use that word. Uh, Colin, second cough time, second cough, three, two, one. My problem is I bought some cough drops, but I eat them like candy. I chew them up. That is not what the, that's not what the package says to do with them. Okay, here we go. You wanted us on the West Coast? Yogi Roth, you got us on the West Coast. Utah versus UCLA, Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 local time, kickoff. Fox has this game. They don't call me Pac-12 pay for nothing. I will cover the Pac-12 like the Pacific Ocean covers the beach. Horrific metaphor, but I'm going to stick with it because we're live. Both of these teams are coming off big wins. Utah housed Oregon State last week, and it was a Friday night game, but you saw what UCLA did to Washington. What is Utah? This is what I wanted to get to. We still got Utah at uh, number seven, I think, in the JP poll. What is Utah? 
I think if a lot of you are honest with yourselves, the buck risings of the world, the last time you watched Utah, be real, was week one. A lot of you, not all of you. And a lot of you saw them fall to Florida in week one, didn't you? And therefore, a lot of you probably cast aspersions on the good name of Utah. And, and more importantly, you did what Meemaw told you not to do. You made a conclusion about a team in week one. You didn't just observe. And you may have, you may have shortchanged yourself and shortchanged Utah in the process. We still got Utah in the top 10 because I think they're still one of the best 10 teams in the country. They are one of three Power 5 teams that are top 12 in scoring offense and scoring defense right now. Since week one, they are number two in FBS in point differential. They have, they have just cruised merrily along. They lost a competitive game on the road in week one. It's happened before. They are still very much a contender for all their preseason goals. Last four matchups in this series, this is, this is a, a jarring statistic. The last four times that Utah played UCLA, they have won by a combined 182 to 54. They've dropped at least 40 in every one of those games. So the, the big question in this matchup is, is this a different UCLA team? How different? They, they don't just need to be different. They need to be substantially different. UCLA's path here, they've got to break the pass defense statistic. They got to make sure that after the dust settles out there in Pasadena Saturday, that people are looking and saying, you know, Utah had some impressive numbers in the pass D category, but it turns out they just hadn't played a team like UCLA yet. Utah's number one in the Pac-12 in, in pass D. Have they been tested? It is fair to ask that question. Okay, there can be two truths. You can be totally legitimate and have not been tested, and once you get tested, you'll prove your legitimacy, or there could be another truth, and that is, your statistics are kind of fool's gold because you hadn't been tested. What is Utah? I happen to believe in them, but what is Utah? Because the plays could be there. For all we know, the plays could be there. Dorian Thompson-Robinson playing the best ball of his career. His last eight games, the quarterback there for UCLA, he is a 73% completion guy. He is an 18-4 touchdown-to-interception ratio guy. He got six rushing touchdowns for good measure over that span. And it's not just him. We talked in the preseason about how this was Chip Kelly's shot because a lot of programs were in transition out there. And also he had a very, very veteran sort of stable in the backfield. Quarterback, running back, Zach Charbonnet leads the Pac-12 in all-purpose yards right now at running back. So uh, there are plays to be made here, potentially. That is UCLA's path to win in this game as a short underdog at home. Is the spark starting to happen for that program? Kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the preseason. If it was going to happen, it was my opinion that this is the year for it to happen for Chip Kelly. Well, it could have already started to happen, and we kind of didn't know it. Now that we start to get a little length of bone on the last few games, their first 40 games at UCLA under Chip Kelly, they scored 28.8 points per game. Their last eight, they've hit the 44 points per game mark, a little over that, actually. So eight games. Uh, still kind of a small sample size, but not really. That's two-thirds of a season. Are we starting to see it? Are we starting to see it scale a little bit? Well, this is one of the bigger games they've played in quite a while. And it's one of, U it's one of Utah's biggest games. They're, they're in total back-against-the-wall mode already because Utah doesn't just fancy themselves as a Pac-12 championship contender. Make no mistake, Utah still believes themselves to be a college football playoff contender. Well, obviously, there's no margin for error by way of them losing in week one. Let's take a look at what the model thinks. Let's take a look, a look at what Vegas thinks, or a reminder, 
Utah is a four and a half point favorite on the road in the Rose Bowl. I don't know what factor crowd will be here. I look, regardless of whether you have five people or five million people there, you got to outplay them. That Utah very rarely hands you a game. You got to outplay them. The model is a little shorter on this number. It's an interesting. It's an interesting parallel here. The number in Vegas, Caesar's line right now is Utah minus four and a half. The model has Utah minus two. Jesse said something earlier today, and I think I agree with it. For all the talk about DTR all week, I actually think this may be a game Cam Rising has one of the best statistical performances of his season. Now, Jesse likes him because he's his twin. I like him because I think he plays pretty good football, and it's really time. It's really time for him and that team in general to atone for what they weren't able to do on the road in week one. I think this is the spot they do it. I'm going to take Utah to win. They're just more desperate a team right now. And I'm also going to take them to cover. I want to stress, I don't have a strong feeling about the spread in that game. But I am going to lean Utah to win the game. We're going to be at the second one. I mean, the game I'm about to talk about, we're going to be here. And I want to stress one more time for everyone who is asking why, why, why. We are contractually obligated to be at this game. Okay? So it wasn't like we circled it and we see Bama's favored by 24 and said, gotta be at that one. We're going to be there, though. Texas A&M versus Bama. It's a Saturday primetime game, 8 Eastern on CBS. The vibe I've gotten from sort of gauging the temperature in Tuscaloosa is very clear. 2020 LSU. That game was a bloodbath. It was stemmed from the 2019 game where LSU beat Bama. There was a lot of talking afterwards and it was never forgotten. And even though Bama, I think, was favored by 30 by the time the game kicked off, no one cared. I've rarely seen that team more razor sharp, focused, and motivated to just embarrass someone. They want to embarrass A&M. Now, it doesn't matter. They want to embarrass everyone they play. I'm just saying, if you look at that point spread and you think, eh, I don't really think they're into it. That was last year. This kind of situation presented itself last year, and they got caught. I don't think they get caught in that same trap twice. So that doesn't mean an upset couldn't happen, but boy, it's going to have to be earned. The biggest talking point, a couple of them, around Texas A&M this week. Connor Wegman. I I happen to think this is ludicrous, but some in the A&M community think that this would be a good time for Jimbo Fisher to play the true freshman quarterback. Again, I can't stress to you enough how ludicrous I think that concept is. If, if he's ready now, he was ready last week, is my point. So this is not the game I would debut him. It's, it's not being scared, it's being smart. Uh, the second talking point is 2023. A lot of people have already resigned themselves to the fact that this season's kind of lost. Are we going to make the offensive adjustments necessary in 2023? I'm not interested in talking about that right now because you got a game this Saturday and then you're going to have several more. Uh, Bama is undefeated at home in October under Nick Saban. A stat I did not realize, but it makes sense. So is there a path to an upset here? Technically, the answer is yes. Technically. And I'm going to say this very simply, but it's a lot more difficult to execute. If you could just limit explosive plays, boy, you got a shot. Common sense, I know. Bama leads the country. They're number one in FBS in plays of 20-plus yards. They got 35 of them already this year. When you watched them against Texas, it's it's very easy to say things like, boy, if we took away that Jace McClellan touchdown run, that'd be a different game. Boy, last week, if you took away that Jalen Milrow run, if you took away a couple of Jameer Gibbs runs, well, the point is you can't. 
because that's part of them offensively. But in any one game scenario, if you could limit them, it, it makes a ton of difference on the scoreboard. Can Texas A&M do that? It, well, that's their path if they want to pull an upset. But here's the problem. Even if they can, here are five very, very challenging words, but necessary words. You still have to score. It's basically been a staple of every A&M preview video we've done so far this year. Even if you check box one and two and three and four, defense, special teams, you still have to score. And I don't think they can. I don't really care who you throw out there at quarterback. I happen to think Max Johnson would give them a better shot in this game. I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to play. I don't think Haynes King's a good matchup at all here. And I think they're going to struggle to score mightily. Having said that, this is not a team, this is not a Texas A&M team athletically that is going to easily wilt. They will not, they will play the game of the year. It may not be the outcome of the year. They will play at, at as high a level as you've seen them play all year. It will be a one-game season type vibe from them. You will not be able to tell what their record is by the intensity with which they play. All those things I, I agree with, I believe. If you think Bama's about to buzzsaw them in the first quarter, I'm not sure that's the way this goes. But I think Bama's going to end up winning the game convincingly. I just don't necessarily know that it, it's like a, a Bama versus G5 or, or MAC level competition type outcome. If it's Jalen Milrow at quarterback, if it's not Bryce Young, and boy, there is not a lot of information to be had. Nick Saban's done a really good job on bottling all that up this week. At least nothing that we can say. If it is Jalen Milrow, and I've seen A&M try and defend the run this year, uh, Bama could paper cut them to death. Uh, Bama could theoretically throw the ball 10 to 15 times and run the ball over 50 times Saturday if they wanted to, and it would be a healthy game plan for a win. I don't know if it's a 24-point win, but it's a healthy game plan for a win. Yards per carry. A&M, 97th in the country defensively in yards per carry against. I don't think I need to tell you how much better that has to be Saturday. Let's take a look at what the model thinks. Let's take a look at what we think. Now, I'm going to show you a line. This is with Bryce Young. So, and I, quite frankly, I think the Vegas number is planning on Bryce Young playing. Uh, we don't know if he's going to play. So the Caesars line right now is Bama minus 24. Oh, game of the year, Bama minus 24. Uh, our model has Bama minus 25. So it agrees, pending the status of Bryce Young. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to take Bama to win the game. I'll just go with the model because we don't have solid intel on the quarterback situation right now. And I will take them to cover. That's not a strong lean because that's a huge fat number. And so I'm, I'm not really attracted either way on the side there. But I will take Bama to win. Shocking, I know. I will lean Bama at home. Okay, we had a question on Twitter that I wanted to get to. I thought this was really interesting. It's about coaching changes. But it's, well, let's just, let's just take a look at it. I think we have it. Yeah, Connor asked, what are my thoughts on all the firings that are happening around the country? Well, Connor, I'm, I'm not surprised by it. I think we saw it coming. Now, in, in one hand, you could say, boy, isn't it kind of ludicrous? You know, it's become very popular. And I'm not, I'm not saying I disagree. It's become popular to say, if you're firing a guy in September, shouldn't you have fired him last year? Here's what that insinuates. It insinuates you have indecisiveness or, or maybe someone in a decision-making position that is ill-equipped to make the decisions. Ding, there you go. Okay, now you're starting to hit on something. My thoughts, Connor, are I wrote down a few things here. The job of college football head coach has never been more complex because there have never been this many layers 
Transfer portal didn't exist 15 years ago. NIL didn't exist 10 years ago. You got all that to deal with now. You've, you've got uh, mental health issues that were not taken as serious as they are now. You're not an expert in any of that stuff, but you're leading an organization that has to be top notch in how they handle those sorts of things. The job of head coach has never been more difficult, in my opinion. The money has never been greater. They're getting compensated. So I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for them. The money's never been greater. The job's never been harder. That means the expectation level amongst most fans has never been more warped because the idea is if we pay them more, we magically just get to expect 140% of what they're capable of. And here's the kicker. There have never been fewer football-minded people in decision-making positions. This is the great, to me, overlooked aspect of what has changed in college athletics, football included, over the past, let's call it 10, 15, 20 years. This was not always the big money business that it is now. Running an athletic department was not always the big money enterprise that it is now. It was more cottage in nature. Now it is just what I said, an enterprise. Well, as a result, you used to just get a former coach to be your athletic director. That doesn't fly anymore. Gone are the days of the Barry Alvarez's all over the country. No, you get someone who is an expert in marketing or who cut their teeth in fundraising, and those are the folks that end up in the AD's chair. I don't have a problem with that. A lot of them are great people. I know many of them. But those are the ones making the hires. Here is the illusion that I used to be under until I got to see under the hood, and I re realized how this actually works. I used to think, that everyone who was making hiring decisions was a genius. I used to think that everyone who was making a decision on whether to hire this coach or that coach, I used to think they had 47 computer screens in front of them and they had every bit of data available and they were making these sorts of high-level decisions that if I could see what went into them would make my head spin. It is a clown show sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes it is a clown show to see how it actually operates. Sometimes you get the right guy, sometimes you don't. But a lot of times, you never had the right people in the room making the decision to begin with. So let's walk back now, Connor, and let's ask ourselves, am I surprised with all these firings? Job's never been harder, the money's never been bigger, therefore the leash has never been shorter, and you've never had this many folks ill-equipped to make the hiring decisions. What would we expect? given the combination of those four things, all present in the room at the same time. It's a disaster. And you know, I heard Brandon Walker say something the other day, and it sucks, but I gotta give him credit because he's right. Buyouts don't matter. Buyouts really don't matter. He's right about that. You see all these numbers and you think, oh, they'll never pay that, they'll never pay. Yeah, they will. That money's not real to them because it's not their money. It's the money of, of some dude who became a billionaire off of gas stations or became a billionaire off a trucking company or, or a lumber distributor. They, that stuff is a rounding error to them, especially when you have two or three of them in the room at the same time and they take immense pride in that football program. These buyout numbers, they don't matter. They're not real. $20 million to you and I, it's real. That's not real in that world. They'll pay whatever it takes and then some. So I say all that to say it's gonna continue. And you're, I don't think you're going to see a radical shift in the kinds of decision makers we have in the room. If anything, I think you're seeing the sport shift more away from 
filling the athletic department with football-minded people and filling it more with business-minded people. Again, nothing wrong with having those folks in the room. They are not the ones best equipped to make football hires. So a lot of times you're getting the wrong guy in there and you don't know it yet. And you're paying them a ton of money. You're overpaying them and you don't know it. And by the time you realize it, it's too late. And then you have to make a decision and you get convinced because you're ill-equipped to know otherwise. Let's give them one more year. Well, then they start off one and two and uh, no, time to pull the lever when you could have had an eight-month head start on it if you made the decision in January. All that's stupid to watch happen. And it is. It's very stupid. But it's going to continue to happen, Connor. So nothing you and I can do about it. I'll just, I'll just do a segment on it and, and get our little 15,000 views and that'll be how we handle it. Uh, Ramen Noodle Express, I'm going to add one more game tonight. We are, we are waiting on an inordinate amount of line moves this week. So we're only three deep right now. Normally we got like seven or eight on the board. Don't worry, they're coming. Louisville minus four and a half, we're already on. Buffalo plus two, we're already on. I am adding Arkansas State. Every one of you loves this James Madison story. Uh, it's great. It's wonderful. And I don't even care if they win this week. But Arkansas State plus 11 and a half at home is what we're going to take. So, so nice seven-point win, fine with it. But we're riding with Butch Jones. I don't get to say that a whole lot, so I'm saying it tonight. If you missed the beginning of the show, we have signed a new multi-year, incredible, mind-blowing deal with CBS. So the show is not going anywhere. And basically, uh, why it took so long is because I wanted to make sure we got yeses on everything we needed to keep the show exactly how you want it keep it exactly how you want it. So your biggest fears are alleviated. You won't have to pay a dime for this show. We're going to keep it free. And if anything, we're just going to add a few more things that you've asked for that to this point, we haven't been able to give you that we will now be able to give you. For producer Jesse, for director Colin, I'm Josh Bate. We'll be back same time Thursday night, but live from Tuscaloosa. Stay tuned on the location. Until then, take care and God bless. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.